Hello and welcome to this Helpline in Focus. This is an extension of our weekly Helpline that's here to support parents when it's getting a bit challenging. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. And uh, we thought we'd do something a little bit different this week because, of course, um, Sydney is in lockdown and other parts of the country may or may not be in lockdown, but it's something we are going in and out of uh, since the coronavirus pandemic kind of took off in March last year. And so we thought we would do a coping with lockdown episode with the incredible Karen Young, who is a parenting educator, former psychologist and founder of the very popular Hey Sigmund website. Um, I love having Karen on the show and talking to Karen because she makes me feel, always makes me feel better and more accepting of my own humanity. So if you'd like to ask Karen a question about um, anything you might be dealing with in lockdown, uh, whatever's challenging, please pop it in the comments below. Hello, Karen. How are you? Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I feel exactly the same about being here. (laughs) I have to pull myself back so that I don't ask questions just to help me. (laughs) I'm going to put it out there to everyone else. Let's start with this question from Amanda. Actually, I I must admit that everyone probably has the same things that I do um, on at the moment. Amanda says, my kids seem to be fighting nonstop. They're five and seven, a boy and a girl. What can I do to help calm them and me? <laughs> kids fighting, hey? That's enough to send you spare. But what we need to remember is it's actually a really important part of their development. It would be so much nicer if there was an easier way to do it. But one <laughs> of the great things about having siblings is it's going to teach them so much about getting on with people and how to sort things out and that emotional and, and social intelligence that we really need. But there's a limit to how much we want in the house. So the first thing I say is when there's a scrap between siblings is check in with what's going on for you because kids will couch that energy. So if you're at all distressed, or if you're starting to agitate, absolutely they will catch that. You will catch it from them, they will catch it from you, and nervous systems are talking every minute of every day and it becomes a loop. So the first thing to do before you move in is try and hold on to yourself as much as you can. So you might just need to step away, take a few steady breaths to calm your nervous system, and at least that's not going to feed into it. The next thing um, I say is... As much as you can, stay back and know that they are doing something they need to do. But you don't want to stay back all the time because where it ends up is it will end up with the one who is the most powerful or who has the most, the best command of words who will end up winning every time. And we don't want that. So come in and um, if you feel like this is a time when they need help, we don't want to take sides, but one of the things to do is to just describe what you see. So, oh, it looks like you really wanted to the book and really wanted it too. That's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Sometimes you don't want to share. You can get involved if they're still calm enough in a collaborative problem solving. How are we going to fix this? If we've got a problem here, everybody wants the book. Um, the other thing, um, and, and we Basically, it's, it's called sports casting, so it's like commentating and you, you talk them through it. Um, do you need my help to sort this out? Give me some ideas. So you don't want to fix it for them because that's the whole point of it is you want them to do it, but they might need your guidance. Um, 
then I say um, at the top of it all, at the top of this tree, there needs to be some family rules based on values that you want to uphold in your family. So when they're going at it with each other um, and arguing in this scrap, there needs to be an overarching value where you step in. So it might be there's no hitting, there's no mean words, there's no um, taking other people's things without asking. Now, when one of those values is fractured, that's when you step in. And then you'll get the, oh, but she did this and he did this and they did this. You know, it, I don't want to hear the story. I don't care about the story because you're both going to be a bit right and I'm not getting involved. What I know is what's our family rule and this is where it was broken. So, so that's where you step in when that family rule is broken. You're going to have to do that lots and lots and lots because the capacity to actually stick with the rules and have that self-control that comes from the thinking brain. That's not going to be fully developed for a long, long time. So until <laughs> then, <laughs> it actually doesn't develop fully in girls until they're early to mid-20s and in boys until they're close to 30. So we've wow. got a long time. I know, right? Um, and in adolescence, it all happens um, again. But by about six or seven, they'll be starting to, um, start to be there. Um, so we just need to remember they need lots and lots of practice at this. But what I'd say is have an overarching value, an overarching rule, and the story doesn't matter. Don't buy into the story because they'll both oh, be wrong. No. And you will be the one who's wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering uh, with my kids, sometimes when they fight, if I pay attention to them, it gets worse. Is that, some, is that a thing or is it just my kids? <laughs> Well, the thing with kids is any attention is better than no attention because we're actually wired to have that sense of um, we're, we're wired to feel safest when we're being noticed by our important people. And that's an instinctive thing because the, the idea is in the wild, if a young mammal isn't noticed by the pack, it'll mean certain death. So that's how we're wired. So when they feel like your attention's slipping away, kids will go for any attention over no attention, even if it's going to get them into trouble. Remember, they don't have that planning brain on yet. The, so one of the things you can do is look around and say, okay, if they're getting a bit restless and if they're starting to get into each other, is there another need that, they, that needs to be met here? Do they need time with you? Are they exhausted? Do they need their own space? Do they need power and influence? Have they just got home from school where they've been told, Every, every part of today, someone's been directing them and telling them what to do. So by the time they get home, they want a bit of, they want to know they can influence their environment. That's really reasonable. That's a really valid need. How can we do that? We can do that by, by putting choices in choices. You seem really exhausted. Would you like to go and walk the dog or would you like to go and, you know, whatever it is. Do you want to um, play by yourself and um, have a little bit of screen time or do you want to do a yoga video or whatever it is? Um, give them some some choices there. Maybe they can choose what's for dinner or maybe they can choose what's for dessert or the veggie that's coming with dinner. Um, do they need some time with you? So maybe it's just a 10-minute solid cuddle on the lounge chair or something like that. So they have, we have to remember all behaviours communication. That's how they speak to us. It can be really hard to understand sometimes what they're saying, but if you are sensing in you that you're a little bit restless, Maybe they're picking that up too. If you're sensing that um, you um, have been busy lately and a bit um, distracted, they're probably sensing that too. 
So the other thing I say is see if you can look for the need behind what's happening. Yeah, well, we'll have a, another question from Eliza. She says, I have two boys who are eight and 10, and honestly, they won't stop eating. The pantry has become their new playground. Short of lo- looking up food, I'm not sure what to do. I know they're bored. Um, sorry. Oh, I've lost her. Um, short of locking up food, I'm not sure what to do. I know they're bored, but I can't be shopping five times a week. Yeah. So what I say to that, <laughs> <laughs> have that if they're bored um that's also really valid I think too because they're not at school and noticing actually how much they do eat when they're not busy um have the food they can eat which is anytime food so anytime anything from this shelf in the fridge or this basket it might be fruit it might be crackers and cheese it might be popcorn whatever it is but they can have as much of that as they want now they're going to get sick of that pretty quickly because, you know, too much of a good thing is too much. So that's going to, um, what they're going to do then is it's going to stop the I'm hungry, I'm hungry, and then you'll get to the root of the problem, which is actually possibly boredom. Now, if it's boredom, you don't actually need to fix that. Boredom is really important for kids. (laughs) Yeah, it's so important for kids. One of the reasons we fix boredom is to fix our discomfort with, with the you know, that goes on with boredom. But boredom creates space and it's a necessary thing for kids because in that space they're going to be driven to discover things, do things, um, find their own options. Um, They're going to learn something about themselves. They're going to create. And we want that. If we jam, if, if, and I think a lot of kids, um, because they're so busy, that's, space is a new thing for them and it comes out as it's it's experienced as boredom what it means is I don't even know what to do when I've got nothing to do and what a gift we're giving them if we can give them the opportunity to learn that you actually don't need to fill that space with anything in particular because how many of us as grown-ups when we have space we're filling it with something you know we'll clean out a pantry we'll do something to fill the space (laughs) that's totally me (laughs) I did the linen closet the other day it's uncomfortable so what we want to do is is give them plenty of experiences where they can learn to get comfortable with that space we have to then we also have to ask ourselves whose discomfort is this is it theirs or is it mine and when we run into fix it's usually ours that we're fixing because we don't need to fix theirs their discomfort is okay but when they get distressed when children are distressed it raises distress in a parent that's how it's meant to be to mobilize us to look after them but we don't need to do it with this one um so one of the things to say back so so have your anytime food and they'll have a crack at that until they get sick of that and then they'll they'll set that gets the i'm hungry thing off the table and then it'll be on board and that's when we turn around and say well i'm really i can't wait to see to 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 see what you come up with here. I know you'll cope with being bored and I'm okay with that or I'm okay with you being bored um, and let them see what happens now. But it's a really important part of their development. I was just thinking about myself saying that to one of my children. <laughs> they would have such a tanty. They'd be like, uh, but I, I, I started saying, I'm not your entertainer. And then I think, oh, my goodness, I sound like a, my own parent. But yeah, yeah, but you're right. You do get to that point. And I, I'm sure there's many parents who are in lockdown now going, 
yes they don't have to entertain them all day every day no you don't and actually we're getting in their way when we entertain them so what we have to remember is they're not going to like it they'll throw big tantrums especially if they're used to not having that space and if they're used to you fixing that when something doesn't work we just do more of what used to work and if what we used to work with them coming along behind you going, okay, what now, mum, what now, mum? They're going to do it more and then utility will register. They'll realise there's no point in going after you on this one because you're not going to do anything. It might take a while and in the meantime it will send you spare. But just remember while you're doing this and, you know, you're the pilot of this plane um, and you're directing them to something that's really healthy. Mm, I love that. Um, our next question comes from Genevieve. She says, I don't know why, but every time I have a, a Zoom call with my team at work, my kids want something. I try to make sure I give them all the food and phone time they need beforehand, but they will always try to disturb me on the call. My six-year-old wants to crawl into my lap. Help! <laughs> How do they know? How do they just know <laughs> it's not the right time? They just do. <laughs> So what I would say here is it might not necessarily be food and phone time. It might be the time with you. So when you have left the room to work, because you could be in the other room but still with them, but when you've left the room to work, they're going to get a sense of, okay, where are you, where are you? So what I would say to that is if you can set up a time each day where you're going to love bomb them, and what that is is spending 10 to 15 minutes just with them, letting them direct play. So then we say, are you kidding me? We've been in isolation with these kids. We're with them every minute of every day. What do you mean 10 minutes? What I mean is where it is just dedicated to them, where they, where we put down phones, we put down everything and we give them our presence and we give them our mind for 10 minutes. If you can have it reliably at the same time. So what they're going to do is they're going to know that whatever happens and however busy you are during the day, they've got that time. And you might call it a special time or something like that. Um, if the other thing you can do is um, it's going to be probably important for them to know how long you're going to be because when you disappear, they won't have a concept of time. So they don't know if it's going to be necessary. You can say, I'm just going to be five minutes. They don't know what five minutes means. All they know is as soon as you disappear and they're that age, as soon as you disappear, they don't really know where when you're coming back. So you might say, okay, um, just for this episode of Bluey, or you might say for five songs, I'll be back in five songs, or you might get a timer and tell them how many times they have to do the timer or a, um, even if you do a, um, a, a timer on, um, on the phone, they can't necessarily always, it doesn't always register how many, if there's 10 minutes to go, how many that, how many that is. So you can give them a way to tell time and then um, after it um, really connect with them. So really come in and connect with them. So they know that they'll get into the habit. The idea is they'll get into the habit of when that time for them is finished. And if it can be something tangible, they know they're going to have all of you. It's still going to be tricky because they're still going to want you Um and it's hard to, they haven't had enough experience in the world yet to understand that, well, when grown-ups work, it's really important that we have our space to work because when they're working or when they're busy, they love nothing more than to be with you or for you to come and um, land right beside them. So it's a process <laughs> that we're working through. <laughs> but if you can yeah, give them that connection as much as you can. 
<laughs> it is. And when you're and out of that, lockdown, and you can use that time to, I don't know, read a book or not be interrupted <laughs> doing something else. Right. You no, know, during lockdown, we um we moved during lockdown to a place that where there's a shed at the back. And uh, my husband got very excited. It was going to be his space for music and I could do my yoga there. Can I tell you, it is so cold in that shed right now at six o'clock in the morning. But still, my children, like my son came out in his underwear one morning. It was yeah. like 10 degrees and I'm in some awkward yoga position and he's asking for me and I'm like, how could you even, why are you even coming here now? Right, right. <laughs> Because nothing is more important than hanging out with you and you're in the shed. Oh, my gosh, that's even more exciting. <laughs> and it's in the morning and I can do it in my undies. Look at that <laughs> I honestly thought I had my little my little Shangri-La there for a while. <laughs> then No, no, they can yeah. find their way there. Maybe um, about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question comes from Jess. She says, my husband and I are both working from home and the kids are both at home too. But for some reason, they disturb me and won't leave me alone while I'm working while he goes off behind a closed door in the spare room. How do I get him and the kids to let me do my damn work? <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So here's the thing. Trying to make anybody else change is just going to be a lesson in heartbreak because it's just not going to happen. And you know that. Anytime someone tries to make you change, what are you going to do? You're going to resist it more because you're going to find all the reasons you shouldn't. So trying to change someone directly um, is difficult. So what we do, what we do here is remember that in families it's a system. With a system, you only have to change one part of that system for the system to change. Too often we focus on changing the them part of the system. There's another part of the system and that's you. So what can, how are you making it possible for, um, for, for this to happen? And you're not doing it deliberately and it's possible that we kind of slide, we all do, slide there. Um, and then we realise one day that here we are and how did this happen because nobody ever intended it um, for it to be like this. So um, is there, what are you, how, how is it easier? But I'm not saying you're doing it and making it happen and I'm not saying you're causing this, absolutely not. What I'm saying is what are the things you're doing that is making it easier for it to be this way? Um, is it that you are just you're just more there? You've been the habit. You're the one they go to. So we're going to have to create a new habit. Is you're the is you the one that um, is? Do you have the 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 door open? What's happening there? Um, so it's about rewriting that. One of the ways um, is to have a conversation, and it's it's to be collaborative about it. Um, this is what I need. I need to be able to. I, um, I need to be able to work. You need to be able to work. How do we make this happen for both? How do we make this work for both of us? And then have a way for the kids to know who to ask because if they don't know, they're going to keep coming to the one they've always come to. So it might be that um, teaching the kids that whoever's got the door open is the one that they can ask and then you take turns in having the door open. Or the one who has the teddy near the desk is the one they can ask. So they've got to find which desk has the teddy. Make it easy so they don't have to come up onto your lap to see if the teddy's on your desk or not. Um, 
and 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 work it that way. Now, if they're in a pattern, it's going to take a while for it to for them to learn a new way of doing it. Um, but that's what that's what I would say. So, just is there one little thing you can change about what you're doing, which means that they all have to change. Might not happen straight away, but it's the way to do it. We always get um, further when we. Um, try something differently and they might not like it it might you know it might cause symptom and that's okay we can deal with that too mm, good luck <laughs> the next question comes from Anique she has she says I have a nine-year-old daughter who suffers from from anxiety she seems to be obsessed with numbers during COVID and I can't get her to calm down any tips yeah that's a tricky one so with anxiety, anxiety is energy with nowhere to go. So there's this energy in her, which is because of the uncertainty that that's coming with it, that creates anxiety. Um, and it's putting all this energy within her. And the idea of it is to get her body ready for fight or flight. So her brain's registered some sort of threat. doesn't matter that it's not a threat we can fight or flee from. The brain registers all threat the same, whether it's the uncertainty of it, whether it's, am I going to stay in lockdown? Do I have to go back to school? Whatever it is, it all lands the same. Gets our body ready for movement. Now, um, one of the ways she's finding safety or things she's finding a sense of safety is with, with counting. So you can't just take that away. We have to replace it with something else. Um, so one of the things it might be, and, and what you want to do is try and expand the time as much as you can or, and, and do it with her between when she gets this thought that she has to count and when she actually counts. So it might be when you feel like you have to count, um, listen to a, a mindfulness meditation before you count and then you can count. Um, so what we want to do is just expand that space. Um, it, it, it might be things like, um, you know, colouring in, um, uh, uh, mindfulness mandala exercise is really important. So it might be, and I know it's hard in lockdown, but it might be um, doing a YouTube dance video or, um, or a yoga video, something like that, that's going to distract her and take her away from this. And then she'll go back into counting if that's where she's getting safe. What we want to do is keep expanding um, that space. While she's expanding the space, we also want her to breathe that also calms an anxious brain. That's really important. So if you can teach her to breathe in for three, hold it, and then make her out-breath slower, that's going to help calm her anxiety, and then she might go into counting. But the idea is to expand it. Um, one of the things with something like this, if you feel like it is getting in the way or if you feel like it's starting to get in the way of her everyday life, it might be worth speaking to a GP because there's things that we can do for this now um, rather than just letting it go on and on and on. So there's a few things to try. Um, if you feel like it's happening um, a lot and if it's getting in her way. Yeah, and um, I'm going to plug someone. your book because you're not plugging it for yourself. <laughs> Karen also has an awesome picture book called Hey Warrior, which is um, perfect for a nine-year-old, actually. And it really, um, in a very gentle way and an empowering way, explains how our brains work. And I do, I mean, I've had anxiety for years and every time 
so even as an adult, someone explains the physicality of what's happening and why I get anxious, that immediately helps me calm down. So I'd, I'd definitely recommend that. We'll put links in the notes of this podcast or if you're watching us on the Facebook Live to that mm-hmm. book because um, I'll just do the promotion for you, Karen. You're too <laughs> modest. It's you beautifully illustrated. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a lovely book. So I, I highly recommend that one as well. We have a question from Anna. She says, okay, I am losing my mind. I have a baby who is six months and two kids under eight, and I am am unable to cope right now. We live in an apartment, and to say we have cabin fever is an understatement. What can we do? Poor Anna, that sucks. (laughs) And, you know, that's the first thing you got to do is say this does suck. This is really hard, what you're doing. We weren't meant to be living like this. No one was meant to be living like this. So we're going to have a full reaction to it and it's going to be um, tough. So that's the first thing. It's okay to be angry and frustrated and exhausted and over it. And it's actually okay to just want space from these kiddos who you love so much. It's okay to want space. So that's the first thing we say. Um, if they're starting to um, drive you a bit bonkers, one of the things is I always say you've got to get them moving as much as you can because that's going to get the energy out of them. Remember, too, this is new for them. So even if they're not voicing it, it's going to be unfamiliar and there's possibly going to be um, stuff going on inside them. So movement actually calms them ultimately um, because it's just going to get rid of all that energy. So it's hard when you're in an apartment and you're in lockdown. But, again, I go back to um, the YouTube videos. They have really great exercise videos or dance videos. Anything with rhythm is going to calm them down. Um, Yoga videos do that. Um, make sure that if you can, that everybody has their space um, as as much as you can in an apartment. So even if they're sharing a room, how can um, how can how can you set things up so they have their own space? Because they're gonna they're gonna need it. Otherwise, everybody's gonna drive you mad, and even you are gonna need your own space at some point. So so physically, if you can have space in the house where um, where they can have their own space. Um, and then it's just the micro breaks that you take because that's all you can do. That's all you can do. And when your stress is heading up there, what we want to do, if if once it gets through there, that's when you're yelling and doing all the things that we all do from time to time. Um, you want to tip it back down. That can happen in a micro break. So that might just be um, making sure they're safe, they're safe and taking yourself into another room doing a few strong, steady breaths, just listening to two songs and then coming back in. It doesn't mean you'll be in a space of calm, but your your threshold will be will be greater. Um, and then it's self-compassion. This is hard. Everybody's feeling like this right now. Um, and may I be calm and may I get through this and just have a little mantra that you write down um, to get you through this. But it is... It is hard. There's no easy way because we're doing, this is not what we're meant for. This is not what we're built for. We're built to get through it. We can do hard things. But along the way, it's it's hard when we're all locked up together. Yes. Good luck with that too. Um, Caroline says, please help me. I want to kill my husband. I'm joking, of course, but he's not helping me with our girls at all. He's on his laptop all the time and I'm at my wits end. I hate it. So that I say um, back to what we said before this system isn't working for you it's working really well for your husband (laughs) he's not about to change it 
So part, with this system, um, forget about changing the part of the system which has to do with him. We have to change the part that has to do with you. And when you change that, the system will have to change. So how, what, is there something that you can put your finger on and it just has to be one little thing um, that is making it easier for him to, um, to get away with not helping your girls? One of the things is um, I expect you're doing it all. He doesn't have to. And he can live with the discomfort of that. He's fine if things don't get done because ultimately he knows that you're going to do it. When you start leaving things for him, um, he might still be okay with it, but it's just going to tipple it. It might be um, dinner for you and him, so you'll feed the girls, but dinner for you and him isn't going to happen until the, the kitchen's clean. It's not your job, it's his job. And it might be 10 o'clock before you know if you're the one who's cooking dinner dinner's on the table um and that's okay that's how it's going to happen for a while until he's done but the job description has to be clear so I think often your idea of helping and his idea of helping might look really different again because there'll be things that you need to happen that he doesn't really care about or even notice so the job description has to be clear do the list of, I've got a list. I'm doing all the things on this list at the moment. I need you to take seven of them. Which seven are you going to take? Or specifically, um, I wouldn't have a list and say, right, I need you to do these five things, but have the list and then um, say to him, giving up some current influence, um, which five are you going to do? And don't you do them. So, And don't do them, no matter what. That's the part of the system you're going to change. Because possibly what would normally happen is he doesn't do them, you do them anyway. So make sure on that list are things that oh, they might really grind you, but you can live with it if they don't get done and just don't do them because that's going to be his job. But make the job description clear. Oh, look, we've we've run out of time exactly. Um, Karen, thank you so much for coming on and helping with all of those questions. I feel calmer. <laughs> I can make it through the next week, I think. <laughs> oh, look, we're all thinking of you, of everybody in lockdown. I I I tell you, it's a it's a tough one, but um, but thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Here tonight and, you know, we'll just get through it. Um, get through but it's it. not easy. Not it's easy. not easy. And I should mention that if you're listening and uh, you are having some challenges with babies or um, sleeping through the night, toddler tantrums, that kind of thing, um, don't forget that the Parent School is Babyology's online expert platform so you can book a one-on-one -on -one session with an expert you don't have to go out of the house and they will help you um, with your specific problem we also have helpline every monday if you want to tune in for that at midday um, so there's uh if there are there are links in the comments below if you want to um, go or if you're listening via podcast you can find the notes in the episode for how you can get to the parent school thanks again karen for all your wonderful thank advice. you Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye, bye bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.